0: Warning, this podcast contains graphic descriptions of violent events and offensive language. It may be disturbing for some listeners. Tonight, I'll
1: watch a man die. My name is Jeremy Campbell, and I am a journalist. If you've gotten this far, you know I was asked to serve as the media witness for the execution of Marion Wilson Jr., This morning, around 9 a.m., we got the email. The parole board denied his attorney's request for a stay of execution. So that means it's likely it's happening. It's very likely I'll watch Wilson die by lethal injection sometime after 7 o'clock tonight. Although there are still a few legal motions at play going all the way to the Supreme Court, which means once I go inside the prison lockdown, it could be a few hours just waiting on their response. Or it could happen at 7.01 p.m. It's going to be a long night in a lot of ways. So I went into work later than usual, and I did something unusual too. I left myself a voicemail. And I hit record on my phone because as I pulled in I thought when I get back in my car I will have watched someone die which is pretty daunting. Pretty daunting fact. Um, right now I'm heading inside to uh, record some video and work on a, a piece that will be online um, to sort of Inform viewers of the details about the life of Marion Wilson before his death is scheduled for this evening. One o'clock right now. I'll be hitting the road soon to head to Jackson, Georgia, where I'm scheduled to walk inside the prison at five o'clock. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. See ya. Had my hands full, and uh, one of my coworkers was grabbing the door. All right. Hey Payton. How are you? Doing okay, how about you? Uh, I'm looking for some photos
2: for you guys. Um, just stuff to put for the podcast or for the video
1: or whatever, so. Cool, yep. excellent. I'm hey fine. Maddie. You all right? I am. Our team has been researching all week. The crime, the murderer, the victim. We talked to death penalty advocates and opponents, but there's one more person I completely left out And now that it's looking like I'll be watching this execution happen tonight, I know I have to bring her into this conversation. It wasn't an oversight. I've just been putting it off. As soon as I recorded a video for our news department about tonight's execution, the time was here. I need to talk to her. Our producer, Kira Frisbee, agrees. Yeah, I showed your video. I did too, and I need to go call my mom because I haven't told her I'm doing this yet, and I realized I just posted that on Facebook, and she'll probably have some feelings about me watching an execution. You haven't even told your mom yet? I've just been putting it off because I knew she'd be worried, upset. I haven't told anyone who is just cool with it. Every Everyone who I've told has had some sort of big reaction. Have you told your dad yet? No. I haven't told my dad. They'll both understand. They know that this job brings some unusual things but uh yeah it's probably pretty telling that i haven't told her yet
0: how do you feel right now with knowing that you have to call her in a few minutes i guess to tell her like it's really happening yeah were you up last night
1: no i i was not but this morning i've been like doing anything I could to put off <laughs> coming into work. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, oh, let me start this load of clothes. Let me do the dishes. Let me, just anything to procrastinate and busy myself. So yeah. now you know, we just shot the, the um, segment for the early newscast, mm-hmm. and we're going down our checklist of things to do for coverage today, and it's pretty much time for us to hit the road. And I'm out of time. I gotta call and tell my mom. Oh. wow.
2: I wish you
3: the best of luck with it. Hey. Hey. So, have you looked on Facebook yet? No. <laughs> I've I posted something and realized I hadn't told you yet. Not that I forgot to tell you. I've just been putting off telling it to you. Uh. Because I thought probably it would it would upset you, but um, t- today I'm scheduled to witness an execution
2: in South Georgia. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm worried about you being upset, <laughs> not me. No, I know, I know. I
3: knew I knew you would be. That's not. I wasn't worried about you being upset. With me, I just thought that it probably you wouldn't like thinking about that.
2: So, no, I wouldn't. You know how I feel about that. But yep. So anyway, um, we're about to
3: head down there. Um, looks like it's going to go through. They've been, you know, in front of the the clemency board trying to his his legal team was trying to get a stay, but it doesn't look like that. He's going to be granted. Do you know this person? I know who it is. Uh, he was just 19 when he was arrested for murder. Um, 1996, he and another man um, chatted up a guy in a Walmart checkout line. Um, he was buying cat food. And they asked if they could get a ride and the guy in the checkout line said yes and they got in their car and 16 minutes later uh, he was dead. They shot him in the back of the head on the street and it looks like it was gang related and that was in 1996. The other man was executed last year and um, this the man being the man scheduled for execution today uh, he's 42 now. He was yeah. She was 19 when it happened.
2: Well, so. I, I hate for you to see that, but maybe some good has come from it. I, My thought
3: of it is it's something that everyone has an opinion on. And everyone sort of looks away from, and and maybe I'm completely wrong, and no good will come from witnessing it. But I'm hoping from our coverage something might. We're doing a podcast about all of it, and the crime, and the victim, and the controversy over the death penalty, um, and then of course just doing the coverage
2: of the day. The other person that was executed was he the same age?
3: Yeah, he was. They were both same age at the time.
2: Like the gang-related thing—is that like a initiation thing? I mean, they were never sure about that.
3: Um, other than they both seemed to be in it, they both blamed each other. The belief is that they did it um, to up their status in the gang.
2: Well, yeah, you know, that's just the world we don't know about I'm, yeah. it's, You know, it's easy to be condemning and but I just don't know I just hate for you to see that but,
1: yeah.
2: you know like you said and open up the conversation about it maybe it'll be a good thing
1: there are 29 states with the death penalty so do the math that means 21 states have done away with it as a punishment option An organization called the Death Penalty Information Center is tracking the details on all men and women put to death since the death penalty was reinstated back in 1976. During the four years before that, there was a temporary suspension of the death penalty nationwide. That came from a U.S. Supreme Court ruling that called the death penalty cruel and unusual, if it's arbitrary, by a vote of five to four. The court held that Georgia's death penalty statute, which gave the jury full discretion in sentencing, could result in arbitrary sentencing. With that ruling, the Supreme Court voided all 40 death penalty statutes on June 29, 1972. Four years later, in 1976, the Supreme Court took on a new case, which established two basic requirements intended to ensure the death penalty would not be cruel and unusual. First, capital sentencing must be based on objective criteria to limit the use of the death penalty. And second, the defendant's character and record must be considered before being sentenced to death. Establishing that criteria was enough to convince the Supreme Court justices to reinstate the death penalty in America. In the 43 years since that ruling, a little more than half of those executed have been white. Black inmates account for 34% of those put to death, and Hispanic inmates make up about 9% of those killed. But when you look at the actual victims of the crime in these death penalty cases, those numbers change. 76% of the victims are white. In this case, Marion Wilson, his accomplice, and their victim were all young black men. If this execution goes through, Wilson becomes the 1500th put to death in the United States. But there is a long waiting list behind him. As of October of last year, 2018, there were more than 2,700 people on death row in those 29 states that still enforce the death penalty. California tops the list with 740 inmates sentenced to death. But that's a little misleading because all executions in the state of California have been halted as of March, 2019. It was an executive order made by California's governor that basically says no one will be executed while he's in office, and as long as he is in office, the order remains in effect. But only California voters can repeal the death penalty. That's something they narrowly rejected three years ago. So these inmates are on death row, but they won't be killed unless something changes within the law. Florida remains a death penalty state, with 354 inmates on death row, according to the same report by the Death Penalty Information Center. And Texas has 228, all as of October 2018. Right now, Georgia is somewhere in between all of that. According to the Department of Corrections, there are 48 other inmates awaiting execution besides Marion Wilson Jr. Only one of those is a woman. All executions in Georgia happen in the same facility. It's called the Georgia Diagnostic and Classification State Prison, and it is the most secure prison in the state. Since 1930, Georgia has executed more prisoners than any other state except Texas. I rode down to the prison with my co-workers, Kira, Maddie, and Peyton. We drove there from Atlanta, and it's about an hour drive south. An hour drive south through rural Georgia.
0: In one mile, arrive at Highway 36 West. one mile away. Yeah, I don't know if they know that just down the mile, but as we were stopped at that gas station before we hit the road again, um, one of the clerks in there told me to have a nice evening. Little did he know what you would be doing tonight. And That makes me wonder if people do know what goes on right down the road. Are they aware of it? Do they hear people talking about it? And
1: will there be people here tonight? Are we going to have protesters? Are there going to be people with signs supporting the death penalty?
0: Arrive at Highway 36 West. You know, the fact that we're close now, um, I don't think it really hit me hit me until we stopped at that last gas station.
1: This just end. The state supreme court denied the appeal.
0: So the supreme court denied the appeal to the de- denial of the clemency hearing. It,
1: after the clemency board, uh, the supreme court can still step in. Right. Is that expected? No. I think prison Boulevard is coming up right up here. It's this next intersection. Oof. Okay. Prison Boulevard. They've opened it up to park the zip. Okay. There's a news crew. A protester. The sign says two wrongs don't make a right. Yep.
0: We'll pass that on our way
1: in. It's five o'clock. They
4: should let Hello. us in. Hey, how are ya? Oh, I'm good. Right,
3: what
1: good. can I do for you? We're, We're a allies. media crew and I'm a media witness. What about everybody else? They're the news crew, I'm the witness.
4: I'm going to get some information from you, and then we'll get okay, it. Okay, perfect. There. Thank you. Can I, I say your driver's
0: license, real quick? Sure. Uh, here's my driver's license. There's a media badge if you need it. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. You know where to go? Uh, no. You can just pull over your body you and we right
4: there. Okay. Okay. Sir, they'll come pick you up at these picnic tables right here in just a few minutes and take you in. Okay. okay. So just wait at the picnic table? Yes, sir.
1: We pulled into the makeshift media lot, which was really just a grassy field. Over the next hour, a reporter from the Associated Press, a couple of journalists from TV stations in Macon, and a reporter from an Atlanta newspaper all parked near us. Protesters were starting to trickle in, too, but not many. The grassy field was roped off into two holding areas designed to keep order during peaceful protests. About half a dozen officers sit outside just in case, and a yellow twine forms two large squares. They're big enough to hold about 100 people. One square is for those for the death penalty, and the other square is for those who are against it. One thin piece of twine serves as the dividing line of this debate. But the pro-death penalty protesters rarely rally at Georgia executions, perhaps because by execution day, they've already gotten what they've campaigned for, justice by a death sentence. The anti-death penalty protesters form a clump in their square. I heard someone say it looked like a Prius convention with three hybrids lined up in a row. One of the protesters is named Randy Gardner. He knows this scene from experience.
4: It's a club that no one's has to belong to, and I'm afraid Marion Wilson's family is probably going to join that club. And it's something you don't want to you don't want to deal with. I mean, this is the 1500th execution, so we wanted to make amends. My brother was the 1217th execution in Utah, so and it was the last execution. But uh, when the when the death penalty was brought back in 1976, Utah carried out the first execution, which was Gary Gilmore. And I think there's been three other ones in Utah since that point. But I just don't want to no one else to hurt like we've hurt you know and I know it's going to happen I've I have friends that have had relatives executed and it's it's I mean we all hurt you know and I feel bad for Marion Wilson's victims you know we don't condone nothing about that but when the government ties you up and puts it you know puts a hood over your head and you know shoots you in the heart or puts a, 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 something in your veins that's going to kill you or you know and it disguising the lethal injection is terrible you know, it hides it hides a lot of the, a lot of what's going on with these people, and they're suffering. You know, there's people that said, "I feel like I'm burning to death. I'm on fire." Um, it's, it's cruel and unusual punishment. You know.
0: I always tell people this very simple thing: Why kill people? Who kill people? To show society, the world, that killing people is wrong. Hasn't solved a problem, and never will.
1: That's Suzanne Bosler. She came here with her own personal experience too, but it wasn't her relative who was executed. She actually helped spare the life of the man convicted of killing her father.
0: December 22nd, 1986 in South Florida, a man came to our door and started stabbing my father, and I came out to help, and then he stabbed me, and it ended up my father getting stabbed 24 times and died, and I got stabbed five times in the back and head and survived. After uh, A week after he died, um, this man, James R. Campbell, was caught a week to the day later, and I was finally told in the hospital that um, he was caught. They had to uh, sedate me and put me in a solitary room for a while because I wasn't doing very well. After that, I had to think of more, is my dad alive? I had to think of now, what do I do with the situation? What did I learn from my father? What did my father teach me? And over the next 10 and a half years, it was trials. At the last trial, I had to hire my own victim's rights lawyer to protect my my victim's rights. From the court, they they said no, it's not right. That's what we should do, so he'll he'll never get out and kill somebody else. And it's what we're supposed to do, and it's what's meant to be because what he did and things like that. And I, I, that's that's not the point of why I was trying to save him. I was not trying to give him a break. I wasn't saying it's okay for him, life not death. If I was going to help the government kill execute him, James Bernard Campbell has the the title murder. And if I was going to help the government kill him, I would be a murderer, too. And I refused to be like that. I said, if I were going to help the government kill my dad, uh, kill kill James Earl Campbell, I would dishonor, dishonor my father's name. And I wanted to do everything to honor my father's name. So... The forgiveness is where it came in of what I had to learn for about forgiveness. Is I thought I knew about forgiveness, but it took me five and a half years to not just say the words from my mouth. I had to mean the heart mean mean the words from my soul a hundred percent. And on that day in the courtroom I pointed to him and said, James Bernard Campbell, I forgive you, whether you accept it or not, I forgive you. It was a moment of revelation. Finally, after 10 and a half years, June 13th, 1997, I call it my day of victory because I saved James Bernard Campbell's life four consecutive life sentences for the rest of his life.
1: The rest of Marion Wilson's life is now likely just a few more hours. He's been in prison since age 19 and now he's 42. That's more time incarcerated than free. His execution was originally scheduled for 7 p.m., but until his attorneys get a response from the U.S. Supreme Court, it's a waiting game. I was told to arrive at the prison within a very specific time window, no sooner than 5 and no later than 5.15. I did, but nothing really happened until around 6 o'clock when Lori Benoit, the manager of the Georgia Department of Corrections Office of Public Affairs, came out to speak to the crowd. She seemed nervous, her sunglasses up around her face, even though the sun was behind her, just over the horizon. She let out a nervous laugh. Then she carefully went over Marion Wilson's schedule of events during his last day. He had visitation from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. Then he underwent a routine physical, which I found interesting, checking the health of someone about to be put to death She said his last meal was served at 4 p.m. and he only ate half of it. That's part of a medium pizza, some chicken wings, grape juice, and butter pecan ice cream for dessert. And then he had the 5 p.m. hour to record a final statement. At 6, he took Ativan, a sedative. As for what he said in his final statement, well, Marion Wilson said nothing, not a word at all. After Lori Benoit passed on that information to the small crowd gathered in the tiny field, she quickly left and told me to be ready for the white van that would take me to the prison to witness the execution. Our team, Maddie, Kira, Payton, and I huddled together in the grassy parking lot where four other news crews were waiting. We compare our notes from the information given out by the Department of Corrections. I thought it was interesting
0: that we found out that he declined to have a final statement.
1: Yeah, no final statement. He did have visitors. Four four friends, five family members, four members of clergy. He ate most of his food? Yeah, about half of his last meal. Mm -hmm. Medium pizza, 20 hot wings, butter pecan ice cream, and grape juice. I wonder what portion of the
0: butter pecan ice cream he ate.
1: As we discussed Wilson's last day, we saw it coming.
0: I think we might have to go here
1: in a second. I, yeah, that's the white van. They're, they're coming for me. Okay. I'll see you guys after. Okay. This is the part where I have to hand over my cell phone, my keys, everything, really. I'm about to go deep into the prison. Now, I'm someone who is glued to my phone, checking messages, social media, group text, and sending out information constantly. To be without that, leaving the rest of the world behind as I drove into a prison, well, I felt like I was missing a limb. I wanted to remember every detail, but another part of me didn't want to retain a single memory. To remember, well, there'll be no typing or technology tonight. Instead, I'll be given two number two pencils and a notepad to write down every moment. I promise to share every detail with you. That is my job. And it's also why I agreed to serve as witness, to share the details that may be skipped over in some other reports. It's what our team is all about. We have a saying, best way to clear the air is to get it all out in the open. My heart begins racing as I step on that prison van, knowing it will deliver me face to face with death. But my team would witness something shocking too from Marion Wilson's daughter outside the prison.
3: Daddy! Daddy!
1: The next episode of number 1500 is now streaming.